Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I love this holiday to kick off the holidays. Thanksgiving, it's my favorite. Uh, But it can be stressful at times, yeah? All hectic, all traveling, work deadlines, whatever you got going. People working themselves up in a, you know, Thanksgiving frenzy. My wife just texts me, so she's out shopping. She says, it's nuts out here. It's crazy. And I read this this week, and it it really got me. It says, on Thanksgiving one year, I was racing home from work because I had several guests coming over for dinner. The only thing I still needed was a centerpiece for the table. I wanted a decorative squash. (laughs) So I rushed to my local store and hunted for them until I saw the store manager. Flustered and out of breath, I yelled, are you out of your gourds? (laughs) To which she replied, what did we do this time? So have, we have grace with one another uh, this time. Are you, out of your, are you out of your gourds? Church, I'm so thankful for you. It's such a gift to be part of this church. I want to welcome anyone who's listening online or listening by podcast later this week. Happy Thanksgiving. So grateful for a church that, man, you serve even when it's tough. And uh, thank you for being uh, faithful, supportive to your small group. Those mornings or those nights that were difficult or you were exhausted. Thank you for worshiping and growing and sharing your faith and fulfilling the purposes of God. That's the goal of this church, is we want to be driven by God's eternal purposes for us. We're not driven by politics. We're not driven by finances. We're not driven by culture, by our preferences. Nothing but the eternal purposes of God and the power of God. And uh, I'm thankful to be part of a church that stays committed to that Now, because it's Thanksgiving, uh, we don't want to just teach on being thankful. I don't have a Thanksgiving sermon to preach. Uh, We want to actually express Thanksgiving. Uh, We don't want to be a church that just talks about uh, the Word of God, that just hears the Word of God. I believe what can make Rockbrook different, what makes Rockbrook different, is we're going to do the Word of God. Amen? We're not just going to hear it, we're going to do it. And the Bible gives us four ways to demonstrate our thankfulness. God says, you want to express uh, your thankfulness? Here's how you do it. Through singing, through praying, through giving, and through remembering. And we're going to do all four as our examples of our thanksgiving to God. In Psalm 95, uh, let's read this out loud together. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. When we come and sing together, we are united in thought. We're united in word. We are breathing in the same rhythm, proclaiming the truth of who God is. And Rockbrook is a singing church. Rockbrook will be a singing church because... Christianity is a singing faith. It is. And this Thanksgiving, we're going to sing together. We also demonstrate our thankfulness by praying. 
uh, by thanking God for what we have and for asking him for what we need. And we're going to have a moment of prayer later in the service, and uh, I would encourage you to participate in that and uh, pray to God, but uh, I'll lead you through that later. And uh, we're going to, I encourage you sometime this week, this Thanksgiving, to open up your mouth and say out loud to God, as if he existed and were actually right there with you, because he is, and thank him for what you have. And uh, declare your thanksgiving to God. In Philippians 4, uh, verse 4, chapter 6, Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, watch what happens, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that, that the peace of God can transcend all understanding in your heart and mind. We express our thanksgiving through singing, through praying, and through giving. The Apostle Paul made this connection when he was writing to the Corinthians uh, about their needs and about their generosity. And in chapter 9, verse 10, He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way, watch this, so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so we're going to express our thanksgiving through giving. I'm excited to tell you about this year's celebration offering. Uh, This is an offering that we bring, if you're new to this, that we bring at the end of the year to celebrate what God has done in our lives. He's carried us through another year. And so in all of the generosity of this upcoming season, we're not going to leave God out and forget God. In past years, we've used the celebration offering a number of different ways uh, to help churches that we're planting, We've used it to help missions organizations. In recent years, we've used it to contribute to the Blue Haven School in Lucknow, India. Uh, You've given substantially to help the construction of that and then to help the construction of a second floor of that school, which you can see there is under construction. So you're looking at something there that would not have otherwise been there without Uh, Rockbrook Church and without your giving so praise God for that and thank you for that and they're adding that second floor so they can add grades and um, uh, help high school students and add high school grades. Uh, This year though our celebration offering is going to go to three different initiatives I'm excited to tell you about a threefold offering. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to be generous and give an extra month of support to our ministry partners. Several ministries, schools, and mission organizations uh, rely on our giving to complete their task. You know, Rockbrook is a unique church in that we do not have any outside people or organizations supporting us. We don't go out and do any fundraising of anyone else's money. Uh, There are no investments, endowment, there's no merchandise, there's no curriculum that's sold or anything that that brings in revenue. Uh, There's nothing other than uh, the giving of the people that you see that we go to, the, to church with. And it's through God's goodness and through your uh, faithfulness and your generosity that Rockbrook sustains. So when you give, 
it's not just a number, it's profound. It directly matters. Uh, and amazingly, uh, it's actually the inverse that you're faithful enough, generous enough that there are other ministries and young churches, missionaries, Christian schools, a seminary, and more that we get to help. And uh, it's just, it's a difficult financial climate right now. In fact, next week I'm going to preach on how to weather a financial storm because we're all, we're all in the same climate, right? And we're all being impacted, maybe in different ways, but we're all being impacted. And I want to talk about how to weather a financial storm. Uh, that's next week, but your generous year-end gift here, we can uh, give a Christmas gift, really make a difference for these wonderful people. Uh, so your giving will make a difference there. That's the first part. Second part of the celebration offering this year is we're going to fund a medical care adoption grant. We're going to partner with an organization named Show Hope, which is an adoption organization that helps parents in a variety of ways. Some uh, in our own church have been impacted by Show Hope. Uh, many children who have been orphaned live with medical needs and they've got limited access to health care. And then once they're home, once they're brought home through adoption, rising medical costs and access to treatment uh, can become overwhelming on families. So Show Hope has begun offering medical care grants to help financially assist families that have medical expenses for their children welcomed home through adoption. Uh, because uh, this, the, the medical piece uh, has become one of the number one obstacles for people who have a desire to adopt. And so uh, the average Show Hope medical care grant is $6,000 and is, can be applied to procedures, treatments, equipment, rehabilitative processes. The medical piece, again, one of the biggest obstacles. And so I believe if we're going to take a stand for the family, for life in the womb, as this church does, uh, this is a, a great opportunity for us to help. So with faith, I'm saying today, I'd love to see us be able to give $6,000 to fully fund uh, someone's medical uh, care adoption grant. The third part of this offering is going to go to further the mission of Rockbrook Church. We have helped churches with their buildings. We've helped the Blue Haven School. We've helped another church get into a building. We've helped another church renovate a building. Uh, we have given away a lot this year. I seriously do not know of a more generous church. Uh, but we need to do a couple of things around here. One is we need to be creative with our outreach and our missions and reaching our community and uh, our neighbors. And secondly, we need to address some of the effectiveness of our facilities. So the celebration offering, I'm not asking you to give that to that today. It opens today. And I would encourage you, as we do with all our giving, uh, for you to just go to God and pray about it and, and make that between you and God, whatever God puts on your heart. We don't do a whole lot of asking. It's not because we don't have a need, uh, but uh, we believe that it's for you to go to God and respond to God uh, the way that he leads. And I'll never make an apology for asking you to give, especially to this. Uh, so to participate, however you give online or by check or through um, a giving envelope, just designate your gift to the celebration offering if you wish to give to that anytime between now and the end of the year. I hope that was super clear. Game on, everybody. Say yes. yes. We're expressing our thanksgiving through singing, through praying, through giving. The Bible says you also express thanksgiving through remembering. 
in Psalm 30, verse 4, look at this with me. It says, sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. We've been in a series on the names of God. Because if you want to get to know someone, you start with their name. And when God chose to reveal himself initially to the Israelite people, he did it through a series of names, and the names reveal his character. And what's fascinating about it is the character of God. You see, all of his names and his character qualities meet our deepest needs in life. Our need for hope, our need for change, our need for growth, our need for power, our need for strength, our need to be defended, our need for love. All of these things are met in the name of God and the character of God. Today, I want to just briefly look at one of his most amazing names, and then we'll, we'll get back to, to worshiping who God is. And that name is El Elyon. El Elyon, and it's God saying, I am God most high. God has, in his character, he is the most. And he has a name that tells us he is the most. How is God the most? Well, the one true God is the most perfect, he's the most powerful, he's the most wise, the most kind, the most good, the most faithful, the most creative, most generous, most joyful, most patient, most in charge, and the list could go on and on. God is greater than anyone or anything. He's El Elyon, God most high. In Psalm 78, 35, when they were afraid, they remembered that God was their rock, that God most high was their redeemer. So let me ask you a question this weekend. How uh, well are you doing at remembering that God is God most high, that he's your rock and redeemer? There's another place in Psalms where it says that the most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Do you know him? Do you remember him? That he is king of kings, lord of lords, president of presidents. He is great king over all the earth. Most in charge. The most high God. And how can I know and remember God as my redeemer? How can he be my redeemer? How can I get the most high God? How can I get on his side? And I just want to briefly show you three ways from scripture that you can know God as the most high God. The first, if you're taking notes, is very simple. It's to recognize that he exists. If you seek him, you will find him. God is real. You've felt it. Uh, you've looked around. You've seen it. You've sensed it. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. Here's what I found. God knows more than I know, and he knows better than I do. And when I surrender to him, when I surrender to the reality that his ways are not my ways, his thoughts are not my thoughts, that I cannot measure the depth of his understanding, then I have a peace that passes understanding. In Psalm 57 two, the psalmist says, I cry out to God most high, El Elyon, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. And God is our creator, and until we recognize that and remember that and turn to him, life will have no meaning. Life will have no purpose. Life will not make sense. So I need to recognize that he exists. 
Secondly, I need to, once I've recognized that, acknowledge his position. Acknowledge his position. You might write that down. In Psalm 115, uh, this is one of my favorite, favorite psalms. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Why let the nation say, well, where is their God? Our God is in heaven, in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Let's pause right there. That verse, verse 3, our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. In other words, our God is in heaven and he does whatever he wants to do. I found that after all the arguments and all the misunderstandings and all the questions about God and all the things that we don't like, once it all fades away, it all comes down to Psalm 115, verse 3, that God is in heaven always doing whatever pleases him as he wishes, whatever he wants, and will always be doing whatever he wants as he wishes. And the question comes down to, am I okay with that or not? Because some might say, well, I'm not sure I like that. I mean, aren't there any checks and balances? Like, what about all these questions that I have? What about, what about, uh, what about all these other things? But I believe at the end of the day, when you stand before God and you bring that list of questions that you've been carrying around to ask God when you get to heaven and when you get there and, and all the doubts, that when you see who God is, El Elyon, God Most High, all of those questions will fall away. And you will see God is indeed the most. And he is right and he is just, and you're going to be glad that God does as he wishes, and God does as he pleases. So the psalmist goes on to describe, uh, he says, that's our God, here's our enemy's gods, they're idols, and they're merely made, they're merely things of silver and gold, they're shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, and eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, and noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel, and feet, but cannot walk, and throats, but cannot make a sound. So in other words, our God is doing whatever he wants to do. Your God can't speak, can't hear, can't smell, can't see, can't touch, can't walk, can't go anywhere that you don't take him. I'll put it this way. Your God you made, my God made me. Your God, you're crafting in an image you choose in the desires that you create. My God is making me, building me, building my faith, and I'm submitting to him. This is why the scriptures, like we say, well, we're going to go out and defend God and defend the scripture. <laughs> God is defending me. Scripture is defending me. God is upholding me and I'm submitting to him as the, uh, the creator, the all-powerful. And then it gets to verse 8. says, and those who make these idols, those who make idols are just like them as, all, as are all who trust in them. And if you need to be reminded today why worship is so important, it's Psalm 115 verse 8. It's that we become what we worship. 
That's why worship matters. Because if you get the God part wrong, you get the you part wrong. And if you get the wrong God on your throne, it's very possible that you become blind and deaf and lose the ability to see reality and to see from God's perspective and to see what needs to be seen and have ears to hear what needs to be heard and lose the ability to say anything that really matters because you worship something that was a dead end and a dead end idea and your life becomes as lifeless as the thing you worship. But God is alive and well and his position has not changed. I don't have time to get into it today, but I just put a note of 1 Samuel 5. You can go read that this Thanksgiving of, of what it looked like when uh, the Philistines uh, stole the Ark of God. The Ark of God was the Ark of the Covenant. It was a symbol of, of a covenant that God made with his people. That he said, I will bless you and do good to you uh, for generations. Uh, if, if it's a conditional covenant, uh, if you follow me, he says, if you obey me. And the sign of his covenant is uh, from his own design of a box called an ark uh, that was plated in gold and it housed the Ten Commandments. And uh, the sig- real significance of this box is what happened on the lid as the ark of the covenant, symbolizing the covenant, was put in the inner sanctum uh, of the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle and later the temple. And it was there that the high priest would go in and sprinkle blood of a sacrificed animal onto the lid of this box, which is called the mercy seat. Or it comes from the word meaning to cover or to cancel or to make atonement. Because the payment for sin, the payment for when they did not obey God, the payment was blood. That's always been the payment for sin. It's the payment for sin to this day. If something has to die, the payment is blood. And this was the only place in the world where the priest could go in and pay the payment and make an atonement for the sin that could take place. And you can see what happens when, I mean, it symbolized the presence of God and when the Philistines captured it and they put it next to one of their idols. And again, I don't have time to read it, but you can go and see what happens when God is put up next to an idol. And he says, no, I'm the most high God. And God's very clear about his position. But the question comes, well, how can I know God most high if blood is the payment for sin, if something has to die, How can I be redeemed? How can I be made right with God? And it's the third thing. It's honoring Christ Jesus as God most high. You say, well, who is God? How can God be my rock? How can the most high be my redeemer? How can the blood of Christ be the payment for my sin? You look to Christ as God. You believe he is risen. You identify with him. This is why identifying with Christ through baptism is so amazing and so profound. And why it's been a privilege to baptize, to baptize people this weekend because when someone comes forward to be baptized, they're saying, I believe in Jesus. I'm honoring him as the most high God and I want what Christ did in my place to count for me. If there's a payment for sin and he paid it on my behalf, I want that to count for me. And you're saying, I believe that he died in my place for my sin, was buried, and rose from the dead. And just as Jesus rose, that I can rise too and be with God. I want to close with a place you say, well, where in the Bible does it teach that? I want to close in a place in Colossians 1, where it tells us that God, that Jesus is God most high. And then we'll pray together. 
And Colossians 1 verse 15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we want to stand firmly in this truth. We worship you today, Lord. Holy is your name, Lord. God, we just take a moment in prayer and and say, it's not about us. You are the Most High God. Unsearchable are your ways. Every word you have spoken is true. Every decision you have made is right. Every declaration, every promise you have made, you have kept. Lord, there are no falling words from you. Your plan is perfect. Your kingdom is strong. Your saints are forgiven. Your sacrifice is sufficient. And Lord, your way is true. Lord, we can't say enough about you. Your love is unstoppable. unstoppable. Your grace is matchless. Your throne is eternal. Your ways are unrivaled. And your heart is spotless. And Lord, there is nothing like you. No author could fully express it. No inventor could ever imagine. No sculptor could ever create. No poet could ever capture your wonder, your strength, your beauty. Lord, we fall so short. But God, we believe that one moment in your presence is better than a thousand anywhere else. And we take this moment and we still ourselves before you. God, we give to you our anxiety our fear, our stress. And God, we uh, simply confess to you today that we are not in charge. You are in charge. That anything that we've elevated in our mind and that we fear, God, you are the most high God. And God, we worship Jesus today as the author 
the perfecter, the finisher. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.